I recently watched a video of a lady who was retiring from her job. Now, this is a this is a new feature because in days past, you might you might get an email, you might get a an actual written notice, you might get a face to face sit down with the boss to say, "Hey, I'm I'm actually I'm done here. I'm moving on to the next thing, or I've had another job opportunity." But to be able to broadcast your retirement, or at least your "I'm not going forward with this job from here." kind of sentiments to the world, that's a new feature of social media. And I know there are generations today, at least one and a half generations, who've grown up thinking this is the norm. It's not. But what it lends to us as observers, as leaders, is a really cool feature that I think we need to take full advantage of, but we also need to be aware of the risks. I know that good leaders, they take these very difficult situations, and they handle them with a lot of grace without compromising their core values. And that's what I want to talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And this particular, I guess, resignation, for lack of a better term, was her way of saying, I'm, I'm not going to run for this office again. Now, I, when I listened to who she was, and I, I didn't know her, she's not in my electoral district, so I would have never voted for her. Uh, she's not someone who spends a whole lot of time in the spotlight, if you will, so we haven't heard her name in public a whole lot. But when I listened to who she was and what she's moving on from, I was pretty, I was pretty impressed with it. But I'm, I have to say I'm also a little bit saddened. So this particular person has been representing the state of Florida. I think it was in the seventh district is what she said uh, in the national halls of Congress. And in doing so, she has been uh, voting on certain bills and certain opportunities and is standing with some measures that she strongly believes in and standing against some others that she doesn't. And but the credentials that she brought to the board, those were the ones that really impressed me. See, this is a, a woman whatever her age, who left a communist country, escaped, and was rescued by the U.S. Navy, brought to the United States, got her education, served in homeland security and military security, um, national security forces. Then she went on to run for elected office and got elected to office. So she is a person who deeply understands what communism and socialism is like. She's now a leader by all definitions, she has stepped out there and influenced the lives of millions of people. She has put her own name, her own stake of, of what her identity is about, what her family is about, what her beliefs are about. She's put them right out there in the public. Because if you don't know this, when you run for public office, you become a public figure, which means there is no out of bounds. There is no place where being criticized, attacked, and, and humiliated is... <clears throat> off limits. Anything can be said about you. Anything can be said to you when you're in a public office, because as a public figure, you kind of run that risk. But the fact that she went through everything she went through to leave a communist country to, to come to America, one of her own comments was, I know that this could not have happened anyone, anywhere but in America. The idea of being a refugee, being an Asian, being a woman, being newly in this country, being not somebody who's from here, 
And having the opportunity to serve in the capacity that I have is mind-boggling, and it's why I love my country. It's why I love America. Now, that sentiment is not shared across the board by a lot of people. In fact, there are a lot of people in politics today who feel like there's so many things wrong with America that we really ought to get rid of it and just wipe the slate clean and start all over. There are a lot of people who would tell you, in fact, that the history of our country is so violent, so vicious, so hate-filled, so wrong, that it should have never been established in the first place. And yet people who've come from other places around the world who've watched through their own eyes, who've lived through the challenges, they have a different story to tell. They've lived in the places that some who want to destroy America as she is, uh, aspire to be. Venezuela and Cuba and the former Soviet Union and other places like that. Yes, we do. We have leaders in American government today who feel like if our government was more like that, we'd be better off. See, the, the challenge we have is this. <clears throat> this is a very passionate topic. This is a very difficult topic. Conversations around the idea of what America is, was, should be, or could be, uh, but those are heated topics. And they should be. Because what we're discussing, debating, ultimately deciding, is no small thing. The conversations that leaders need to engage in ask questions like, what is it about socialism or communism or Marxism that would make America better? What parts of it have we already adopted and what parts of it should we have abandoned? What parts of it do we need to resist with everything that we have and what parts of America are worth saving? What, what have we done good? What have we done right? What makes us different than everybody else? I'm not going to try to give you all the answers to those questions, but I do think that we as leaders at every level should be discussing those things. Now, let me throw something in there that this really, for lack of a better term, sticks in my craw. It sticks in my craw that people would say, well, I'm in ministry. I, I don't have anything to do with politics. Or I just run a business. I don't have anything to do with politics. I, the whole politics stuff is none of my business. Let me be real clear on this. If you have had the conversation with someone, should I wear a mask or not wear a mask? If you as an employer have told your team, your staff, your employees, wear a mask or don't wear a mask, my friend, you're involved in politics. I don't care if you like that or not. But the reality is, if you run a business today, you either pay taxes or you don't. If you don't, you're going to jail. If you do, then you support the policies through your taxation through the money that you give to the government, you support the policies that you voted into office. Oh, I just run a business. I don't really get involved in politics. If you vote and you pay taxes, you are involved in politics, whether you like it or not. But see, when we don't have those conversations before voting, when we don't have those conversations on a regular basis, then we lose the value of our old civics classes. I know most schools don't teach civics anymore in the way that they did when I was in high school. Mr. Yanta fed us well a dose daily of American history and American government and what civics looked like, what our civic responsibilities were. You don't get that today. Most college students couldn't give you the basics of a civics class or the Bill of Rights or the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence. And are those all the same document or are they three separate documents? Who wrote them? Where did they come from? Were they written by slaves? Were they stamped into rocks by slaves? See, this is a, the sort of silly conjecture 
that could be thrown out at an ignorant people. And because there's never a conversation about it, we can't deal with it well. So what happens? Well, what happens is people get angry. They start shouting at each other. But this is a holiday season right now that we're in. And in this holiday season, there will be people who will passionately discuss these ideas that I've just brought up. And they will passionately discuss them to the point that a beer can might fly across the room. Or that someone with their kids and grandkids in tow might just storm right out the door and the family holiday is over. But that is not what I'm talking about. Leaders know how to approach these situations, these conversations, these very difficult, very passion-filled conversations with grace. They know how to listen, but without abandoning their core values. For me to hear you out doesn't mean I have to agree with you. For me to listen to everything you have to say without stomping on you with my own ideas, without trembling you with my bombastic voice and attitude, I don't have to submit you or cause you to surrender your ideas for mine to be valid. And nor do you. No, the reality is a good leader is a good communicator. And a good communicator knows how to listen well, reply appropriately, discuss difficult conversations and difficult situations, and not abandon their core values in doing it. That's not easy. In fact, to become a master at it takes a lot of practice, which means you've got to have difficult conversations with grace in order to master them. And if you don't have those difficult conversations with grace, you'll never master them. You'll never master them. And you'll never learn how to have the grace necessary to have those very difficult conversations. Sometimes you just got to let your feelers be hurt. You've got to listen to the things that you don't want to hear, that you don't agree with, or heaven forbid, the things that might be true that right now you don't believe. You might learn something. I know that's hard to believe, but it really is true. If you're a leader, if you have influence of any people at any level, you have an obligation to lead through these difficult times with grace without abandoning your core values. I can hear somebody out as they explain their love for socialism or communism, listen to all the details of how they came to the conclusions they came to. I want to know them. I want to understand those decision-making moments in life, the things that they've heard and learned and experienced that cause them to say, this is why I think it's a better idea. Partly because I'm looking for opportunity to grow myself, but partly because if I don't know how they came to the conclusions they came to, how could I ever help them to validate whether they're right or not? Leaders, you've got to know how to enter these difficult conversations, these difficult situations with respect. And by the way, the, the woman in question a while ago that I said she's not my district, I would have never voted for, uh, she's resigning her seat as a Democrat. A Democrat who came from a social, socialist communist country, who came here as a refugee, who as a woman and a migrant and an Asian woman served our country faithfully in the military and in Congress. But she's all done now. Love to have the conversation as to why. Why is she moving on? Why does she feel like she can't continue to be effective where she's at? Oh, our, our worldviews may not line up much at all. I, I do hold one with her, though. There are better places to be than in South Korea. 
excuse me, North Korea, there are better places to be than under the thumb of tyranny of socialism and communism. We agree on that. I don't know how much more we would agree on. You see my point, though? Leaders have those difficult conversations. They live through difficult situations with grace, not bully puppeting, not pounding people over the head. Nope, it's not necessary. You don't have to do that. You can listen and you can love them. But at the same time, don't give up your core values while you're doing it. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.